Hi everyone, and welcome to the Wandering Minstrel Podcast 12. I'm Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard, your host, and this is a very special Geek Girl Con edition from Geek Girl Con 2013, held October 19th and 20th in Seattle, Washington. This was a slightly different panel than we normally do, but bringing your writing to life through the spoken word. We talked more about publishing audiobooks and that kind of thing this year. Still, it's Gypsy Audio with me as your host, Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard, and of course, Julie Hoverson, who was running the whole thing from 19 Nocturne Boulevard. Enjoy! Miss people, they're in the wrong family. Yeah, well, you know. We are, we are famous in our in strange our little way. <laughs> Nobody's ever heard of us. <laughs> it's going to sound like heck, but there it is. And laptop microphones. We're so jaded, we go with all the good stuff, and then we just, you know. But we don't bring it with us, because, you know, that would be just silly. I'd have to cart it around all day. No, you make Rick cart it around. I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have a roadie. Yes, I keep my roadie with me. It also helps that he pushes the chair. But, you know. That's true. And we'll start shortly. Just want to make sure everybody that everybody wants gets to a be chance here to is get there. here. Yeah. I should have refilled my water. That would have been smart. Well, there's water right there for us. I'm assuming. Oh. You want to hand me on this Ooh. Hey, my stress ball ran away. <laughs> Sorry, I have to go catch my stress ball. Because we're gonna. It's gonna be stressful. <laughs> My precious. <laughs> My precious. <clears throat> we both sound like we've had too much sugar. The funny thing is we always sound like this. Yeah, I know. I know. We're, we're, we're the constantly sugar-fied people. Even if we haven't had any. We have no excuse. We're just so sweet. <laughs> We're trying to be entertaining without, you know, being entertaining. Without actually starting the panel, we're trying to keep up this comic monologue to entertain you. As we're, the, we're actually it's the opening dialogue. act There's for ourselves. It's a dialogue. There's two of us. <laughs> oh, that's true. Comic, comic duologue. <laughs> <laughs> is this actually me? Yes. This yes. Is actually me. Okay. Okay. That's actually you, and it says. Does that say right, On the back, it says, "Please be aware." Well, oh, basically, hints strongly that we're not supposed to swear. Uh-oh. So. We'll try really hard. I might have trouble with that. <laughs> I will try. I promise. I will censor you. Yeah, well, it says, please remember that your audience members may be under 18 years of age. No, it's a good reminder. It's a good it reminder. Is. A lot of us go to a lot of conventions with I a lot of different demographics Try not to involved. swear, I promise. So, okay, I think we're just about time. One more minute. One more minute. Two more minutes. Whatever it is. Two more minutes. I'll pretend I can read the clock on my computer. Lucky I can read the guy in the back. He's over in the corner. (laughs) Ah. See, I can see you even if she can't. It's all right. I can see you. Blur. So are microphones (laughs) actually working or are we just loud? The microphones are working. (laughs) (laughs) But we are just loud also. (laughs) I could claim I'm afraid of microphones. Would you believe me? It would be a dirty, dirty lie. It's very sad. It's a love-hate relationship. (laughs) Over 300 voice rolls. No, I never use a microphone. All right. Just like get everybody to get a chance to get more people seem to be coming on in. You know what I'm not used to doing is using one to talk to people. Yeah. People are the scary part, not the (laughs) microphone. Oh, no, I can talk to people without a microphone. It's true. It's just... Okay, do I talk here, or do I just be really loud? So, you know. Okay. I do a lot of karaoke. I don't. (laughs) Turn toward my face. Let's see. How's that? Can everybody hear me? And me? Not too annoying? Yet? We will be. (laughs) All right, it looks like it's time. So... 
Welcome to the panel on bringing your writing to life with the spoken word. Uh, to let you know who we are, I'm Julie Hoverson. I produce 19 Nocturne Boulevard, which is an online audio drama. I've also just ventured into doing a full cast novel, which is going to take two years to finish. The minute I start, people start coming in again. That's um, work. <laughs> I'm doing a, a, a full cast novel called the, the Hole Behind Midnight, which is episode four goes up tonight. Um, and I've also been doing a lot of recording of, of books through, um, ACX, which is, uh, Audible, Amazon's audio, uh, voice branch, uh, opportunity for anyone to either voice or get their books voiced. That's probably true. I'm Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard. I run gypsyaudio.org, which is an audio drama site. Um, I do a myriad of voices throughout the internet. I've done over 300 in the past six years. And I also do um, narration for audiobooks for ACX and private, um, I'm saying um too many times, and par private authors and publishing companies. That's the problem with not having a script. <laughs> I'm used to scripts. She's not wrong. And then I ad-lib. I come from a background of role-playing games. I am always the GM. I can talk to anybody. Anyway, so um, first is a quick way to start. Why don't we see, I mean, our... Is this are we looking mostly at a room full of writers here, or are people interested in doing audio on I mean, doing the other side and actually reading books? How about we have to see a show of hands? Who all is here because they're looking to get their book, their written word out? Cool. Is 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 anybody here looking to be the audio side of this? Cool. That means we can address kind of both sides. Well, and it is one of the. I mean, let's say it's the better part of valor when an author knows that they don't want to read aloud. <laughs> Some you authors know. shouldn't read aloud. And that goes for big names, too. Um, I mean, much as I love Tony Hillerman's books, he will put me to sleep. He sounds like Boxcar Willie on crack. Strangely, some big-name big actors shouldn't read books either. Derek oh, Jacoby. Cool. <clears throat> oh, sorry. <laughs> Derek Jacoby will put you to sleep. And he's an amazing actor. His voice is awesome. But he reads like this and continues to read like this, and this is all he's going to do. <laughs> anyway, not, not to do a simple critique of all the people we feel we should be better than. Um, <laughs> Never. Never. But no, I mean, it is, it is a thing. Some authors read well, and some, you know, and if you're unsure, try reading some of your stuff and giving it to a friend and seeing what they think of it. I mean, a friend who can be honest, like your mom. <laughs> oh, yeah, my mom would tell me the truth. So, um, one of the things, you know, one of the things to consider right off the bat is, are you looking, I mean, are you looking to do this as a professional thing or are you looking to get something out? There are a number of, there, there's both, you know, sale, things for sale, audiobooks for sale, obviously, through Audible and other venues on the internet. And then there's podcasting, which allows you to do it for free which is a is a way to potentially reach more of an audience right off the bat because people are more willing to take a chance on free, especially if you're a first timer. But you know it's going to be different depending on the kind of thing you're trying to do. There's also audio drama if you write plays or feel like adapting something you've written to a play type format. You can also get it out that way, and it is a way that some authors get their names out there to begin with. Also, yeah, and. And sometimes it's just really fun. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. We've been doing it for years. Yeah. <laughs> and and there's a lot of people out here who are actually doing audio drama and are willing to take a project and run with it. But, um, I don't know anybody. <laughs> but first off, why don't we talk a little bit about, um, I mean, the hard part, you'd think, would be taking uh, your book. If, if Say you wanted to do it, work with podcasting and do it for free. How do you find somebody? You know, how are the, what, what are they going to do with it? Um, one thing you can do is you can contact us. We might know who yeah, people who are interested. Yeah, I was going to say, well, there's us. <laughs> Not that we have all the time in the world, but we might know somebody who can put you up with. But it's, it's, it's always a crapshoot when you're dealing with a, a reader because it is a, a massive time commitment, and anybody who's doing it for the first time isn't going to realize quite how much that is. Um, from an actor point of view, for the most part, what a writer wants you to do 
a book, they expect you to present them with a finished product, which means you're also doing your editing and your quality control and everything else. And this is something, you know, we've been dealing with with ACX. A ACX is books that are published through Amazon have an option, I assume... Not just published through Amazon, as long as they're sold through Amazon. Sold through Amazon, uh, yeah. Um, have, there's the, the audiobook creation exchange, because Amazon connects directly to Audible, which they own, and... And you can put your book up for audition on the audi audiobook creation exchange, and there's a whole bunch of people there who are going to jump in and hopefully audition for it. They also have voice samples already posted that you can browse through and see if you can offer somebody a book. And for the most part, when you're going through ACX, what your um, the, what the 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 reader is going to get is going to be half of the royalties. It's a royalty share proposition so you're not having to pay up front. As a writer, that can be really handy. On the other hand, you know, as a reader, it means that we're evaluating these books and going, do we think this is going to sell enough that it's going to be of, you know, value to me to participate in? So it's one it's word. really... You know, one word, read self-help if you want to get paid for it. Mm. Yep. Um, <laughs> Self-help sells well. There's a couple other categories that do, and uh, and I personally I stick to short stories because I figure I make it up in volume. Whereas mm -hmm. I read novels. Yeah. So, um, anytime anybody's you know welcome to ask any questions. Uh, just want to make sure you, you you know you can break into this. It's not just we want this to be as much of a back and forth as yeah. possible because. We want to give you what you want to hear. Right. We want to make sure we cover what it is you're looking for. And the only way we can do that for sure is ask us a question. Yeah. Um, from, a, from a reader point of view, to talk about that for a bit, one of the things that, you know, if you've never done this, it's really easy to do. It is, it is a time commitment, and you have to learn how to work your hardware and your software. You need to set yourself up a recording area. I mean, it sounds daunting, but we've all done it, and it's actually really simple. And and this is another area where you can contact us, and I mean, and we can help. And we can help. I have uh, flyers up here for anybody who wants flyers for my show, and it's easy to find me through my show. And we can write her name on them too. My printer doesn't work, so I can give you my website. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we we're happy to help, and we respond to people. That's oh, that's very yeah. important. Always. Yeah. But yeah, as a reader, I mean, as a if you want to get into doing audiobooks, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a thousand voices and all this sort of thing. I mean, obviously, some people. Hey, it helps. So you don't have to. Oh, okay, sorry. We're both kind of crazy that way. <laughs> but it doesn't, you know. It, it. But the big thing is to be able to be clear, to speak clearly, to produce a good product. And part of that is going to be your sound quality, which is going to involve your space that you're recording in and your equipment. You don't have to have top-of-the-line equipment. You can have cheap-ass equipment if it, if it works. You don't have to have a sound booth either, although people try and tell you you need one. You don't. Yeah. As long as you can, you know, clean your sound enough so that it comes out a good quality product out the back end, that's what matters. Don't record in a cathedral would help. Yeah, or a bucket. A lot of people sound like this. <laughs> or they have the reverb like this. It's not a good plan. Or they're so far off the mic. You mean like me? <laughs> but so it's, it, it involves a certain amount of learning. There's a learning curve. And there's a free product called Audacity, which is what I always record in. Audacity is perfectly competent. You have to learn a few of its quirks to do proper you know, noise removal and stuff. But it, it totally works. Or... If you want to spend the money, Audition is also a really good program to use, and I prefer far above Audacity. <laughs> so it just depends on what you like as well. And if you're going for free, Audacity does work very well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really what interface you're going to be the most comfortable with. You know, and Audacity is bare bones, but it does work. Um, let's see. Let's... There are other programs, too. Oh, there's... Uh, Pro Tools. Cubase and Pro Tools and GarageBand. GarageBand. But the the primary free one on the internet is, is Audacity. Audacity. Yeah. And um, let's see. No questions yet? 
Okay. <laughs> so to make sure, you know, I know how writers can sit here and I don't want to draw attention to myself. <laughs> I know. I'm also a writer. I, we're both also writers, in fact, so we, we know both sides of this in some way or other. Um, let's see. Well, one of the projects that I'm working on right now is a kind of a hybrid between audio drama and audio book. It's a full cast audio novel called The Hole Behind Midnight, which is coming out in a podcast format. And then halfway through the podcast, it'll actually be available for sale. It's a, it's my new, it's a sort of, um, uh, we're trying out this business model to see if it actually sells books. Fingers crossed. But it, what we're doing is it's got, you know, full, all the different voices are being dramatized by different actors and there's sound effects and there's music and it's, really, really quite deluxe, but that involves a massive amount of commitment of my time as opposed to single reader, no sound effects, no anything else. And but there is still the narration of an audiobook. That's yes. what sets it apart from an audio drama, what she's doing right now. Yeah, we're not, I'm not rewriting it into script format and turning it into a full drama. We're just doing it as the actual original text, just dramatized. Um, and that's an option, but that's going to, again, require finding somebody who's willing to put the time in on it. And it, there's a lot of time spent on the writing, and but the writer also has to understand that there's a lot of time spent on the reading side. And it's not just sit down, read straight through, it's done, because you have to edit out any time you say the wrong word or where you hit a typo and you have to figure out what they're trying to say. I, I've been coming across the most amusing typos. In one story, it was like, she goes into the tent. She grabs her campaign and her pills. I'm like, her campaign? Oh, a canteen. What the <laughs> So for the writer's side, it is very important to edit. <laughs> I, I ran into one recently. It's not quite as funny, but I ran into one recently. One sentence. She went to go live with her paternal grand aunt and uncle. One paragraph down. She went to go live with her mother's aunt and uncle. I had to write to the publisher and say, I don't know what you want here. Yeah. So make sure you edit. Make sure it's clear because we can only interpret what the author gives us, what you guys give us some on the of, author's side. Yeah, some of it's simple. I had one where it was like, you know, she waited till Chad got home. Stephen walked in the door. I'm like, are you living with two guys? <laughs> <laughs> No, the author just kept changing their mind on what her boyfriend's name was. <laughs> in one sentence, it went back and forth twice. I mean, one paragraph. And I was like, I'm, I'm recording Chad because it's much funnier. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how we do it. We choose what's funny. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, and also, you know, it's, you can't just spell check. You have to reread or have somebody read and edit for you. Because otherwise, the person reading, reading it later is going to laugh at you. Um, We'd never do that. We just make fun of you in public. Yes. <laughs> oh, yay. Have you ever had something that you accepted and then when you started reading through it, realized, like, whatever sample you read was not representative of the quality of what the poem was back out? Or was it just a different situation? Oh, that's a good question. And I, I haven't actually backed out. <laughs> But I have had things where I read some section of it, and the section was cool. And then when I got the whole thing, I'm like, oh, dear goodness. <laughs> I did, well, it was, it was a horror story. I just didn't know how horrific it was going to get. <laughs> and I'm like, I can do this. I have no problem with this. But this was probably a bad selection for them to do, because other people would have been like, oh, no. <laughs> as, for, as for me keep forgetting the microphone. <laughs> um, I did take one once where it, the sample I read looked okay. So I thought, okay, I'll, I can do this. This is fine. And the short story was so bad. I didn't back out of it, but the next time I was offered something that I myself didn't solicit, I went and looked at it and went, no, the, et, there's, the grasp on the English language here is so bad, I couldn't help these people. I'm not going to take it. He even begged me to take it. And there was no way, because I couldn't have read it in any way that would have been coherent. I have heard of people backing out. 
It's if you really can't do it, even if you took the contract, you can talk to the author or the publisher, depending on who put the contract up, and say, I'm sorry, this just isn't going to fit me. And that's often what I think happens when it turns out that way. Now, I'll read almost anything as long as it's coherently English, um, which is sad in some ways, <laughs> you know, but... Yeah, I... The... Uh, it is really difficult when you're you're working with just this much of a sample to see what the story's actually going to be like. and But a lot of them, on ACX, one of the advantages is they do have on the page for the book you're looking at auditioning for, it usually has a link that says, look at this book on Amazon. And you can go there and sometimes they'll have a couple pages in the opening to, as a sample. And then you can also look at what the reviews have said about it. And that gives you a couple of options for for just a way to you know, vet it a little bit more before before trying to commit. You can also write to the author and say, hey, you know, I mean, it's part of the uh, the audition process. You can connect and send them an email and say, I'm, I'm kind of interested, but I'd like to see a little bit more of the story before I commit. They may not respond. There is a lot of authors who don't respond to anything. True. Even your auditions. <laughs> but, um, you know, at least it's... At least there's an option. I do want to say something, though, about going and looking at reviews. Read the reviews, but don't take them to heart. There are some people that just go to put up crap reviews, whether they've listened to it or not. They seem to think it's fun to put up ones and put down whatever people are saying. So never take fives and never take ones to heart for anything on Amazon, iTunes, Audible, any of it. Look for the middle-of-the-road stuff. Oh. Well, the way ACX does it, and this is, I'm going to use this as the example because this is where I've primarily worked through for this. Um, first off, you send the audition in. If they don't want to use you, they just don't. You know, if, if your audition is not, you're, the, you're not the voice they want or whatever, you just won't hear from them until you get a notice that says this has been cast and it wasn't you. And it's an automatic notice. It's not personal. And <laughs> though it feels personal I was sometimes. Say, yeah, I never take it personal. <laughs> But um, but the, the way, the process that they want you to go through is they want you to do the first 15 minutes first and then send that in and that way the author will know and the author has a chance then to listen to what the writer is producing, I mean the reader is producing and go, okay, that's not what I wanted with this. Let's talk this over or, you know, something like that. I've had, I had one come back where I did it and she goes, no, I want a different voice for the character. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll redo that. You know, and I gave her a couple of short samples then before I went on and did the full recording again so she could pick what she wanted because it was a first-person narrative. And she's like, no, I, I want the character to sound a little bit more classy. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. Um, another one, they were like, <laughs> I got this was, um, how do they put it? Um... I don't, we, we don't want the narrative to have that much emotion. Can you tone it down and save it for the voices? Because apparently I was reading the, the, the narration of what was happening a little bit too excitingly. <laughs> but okay. boring, Julie, come on. But that's why they do the first 15 minutes so that you can make sure that you're on track for, you know, so that the author knows more or less what they're getting. I mean, I mean, personally, that's one reason I like working in short stories, because I'll record the whole thing, and then I'll edit the first 15 minutes. And that way, when I go back to do the rest of it, it's all still the same sound quality, because that's always a pain to match otherwise. Whereas, since I do novels... You gotta do... Chapter by chapter. The, I've also heard of authors who have, you know, gotten to the first 15 minutes and said, okay, I don't like this, try something else, and they'll get it back again. And they're supposed to be with ACX. Again, that's one I use the most. Um, it's kind of like three tries and you're out. If you can't get what the author wants within three tries, they can break the contract. They can also break the contract if you do the whole thing and it just doesn't work for them. They can, but it takes a little. There has to be, did you talk about it? Did they ask them for something else? Did you try? Oh, there we go. Did you try again? <laughs> I'm not good at talking on microphones. I'm so sorry. Um so it does take some give and take, because it is a contract that we sign. It's mm -hmm. electronically signed, but it is still a contract. If they don't get back to you about the first 15 minutes, 
I thought that meant you don't do it. Actually, it doesn't matter. If they don't get back to you, you finish that book. It says so in the contract. So it goes both ways. There has to be communication before either side can break it entirely. It depends on what, how, how involved you are. I mean, a lot depends on, pardon me, if it's, and this is something I see, I've worked with a number of different writers, and I've worked with the professional writer who is, you know, the, the, the fully edited, well-written, etc., and I've worked with the working writer who is toss it out there and just get it done, and I've worked with the enthusiast who's totally wrapped up in the characters. And so the different, different writers are going to have a different level of involvement. Some are like, just make all the characters sound different. I don't care. And others are going to be like, no, 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 my lead character has to sound like this. And that's something that hopefully the author will give you some clue at the beginning. when Because on the audition form, there is a place for notes and, and, the, and for um, any kind of pronunciation key as well, because sci-fi. <laughs> Almost and, anything, honestly. Well, yeah. Anything. Anything. But... Um, and then, and, and it can be a back and forth. I mean, you can actually stay in touch and, and communicate with the author. It depends on how much, you know, how, and the author can have that much control, I mean, to it within a certain degree. You know, you have to understand on both sides that this is basically, you know, it's, I put it as sort of quasi-professional in some ways, because while people are getting paid, they're not getting paid up front. They're working on this, you know, they're doing this and they're trying to create the best professional they have, but you're not going to be getting, you know, you're not going to be getting, who's a good actor, um, voice. I mean, you're, you're, you're not going to be getting Morgan Freeman for this price. You know, you're not going to be getting, yeah, somebody, you're not going to be getting somebody who is top of the line. You know, you're, you're getting what you're getting and that's, it can be awkward, but you can actually get some really good voicers who are new and develop a relationship. And that's something that from a voice side of it, I've been really pleased with because I've got a couple of different authors who are coming back to me and just handing me their books. And, and they're like, here, I want you to finish this one. This is the last part of the, the trilogy. I want to be able to put it out. And other ones are like, no, here, give me, you know, and I'm out of the blue people going here. I really, really want your voice in my book. And I'm like, okay. I guess I can make time for you, too. <laughs> I, I've had some similar experiences. Um, I just offered to do a third book for one author that I had done two other books for. Um, he, I don't get a whole lot of direction. I usually turn things in and they go, well, okay, that's good. I had the one author for the book I did called Murdered by Human Wolves by Stephen E. Waddell go, yeah, you captured the Oklahoman voice so well. I was just doing a southern accent, but if you say so, okay. <laughs> And then um, I worked with another publishing company, even, you know, they're going through ACX, but they're a publishing company called Vanilla Heart Publishing. And I've now done four or five books for a woman named Shelley Cordero. And I went and asked the publisher, because we've been emailing personally, okay, did you have more for me to do or should I start auditioning again? And she says, oh, no, when you finish that one, we've got so much more for you to do. Every time you finish a book, we're just handing you another one. <laughs> okay. I guess that'll work. <laughs> and... And for an actor side of view, I mean, the, the more of the writing cues you in, and this is something from a writer point of view, if the writer really thinks about how their characters, how they want them to sound, the, it should be more in the story to give you some clues as to what the, the you know, that, that's going to help anybody who's going to read it for you to bring out those personalities and, and uh, you know, whether it's verbal or, or um, I mean, whether it's an accent and a pattern of speech or whether right. it's a personality type. Um, the more that that's in the story and inherent in the story. I mean, I mean, how many romance novels do we have where the, the hero has a deep, gruff voice? You know? <laughs> I mean, that's an easy description, but at least that's something to work with. Um, and I did, I did one where <laughs> there's a whole bunch of aliens, and they're hot male aliens because it's a romance. And, uh, Remember, so, there are people under 18 here. And uh, I gave them all British accents because all aliens have British accents. And she just adored it, and it worked. The author adored it because she didn't have any specific written in. And I'm like, you know, oh, yes, you, we, we, we love to have you here. You know, <laughs> like, whatever, I'm just doing these. 
<laughs> now I know why no one gives me aliens. They forgot to tell me they had British accents. <laughs> But for you know another piece I was working on, um, there's a family argument in the beginning of the story, and you know the dad's like, you know you're not, you were raised better than that. You're not gonna go run around with that boy, you know. And when I sent that in, because she mentioned that they're in Texas, and I'm like, I sent that back to the the author, and the author's like, oh, that was so good, <laughs> you know. I'm like, again, I was doing fairly generic Southern also, but she thought I sounded exactly Texas. So, you know, it worked for me. And sometimes what you're going to get is a generic accent. I mean, it's the more specific as a writer, the more specific you're trying to get somebody to do, the harder it's going to be to find somebody to do the voice you want. I mean, if you put out something that says, I want a Lancashire accent. I was going to say Yorkshire, but we're thinking very much the same. Very similar. (laughs) You know, or I want very specifically uh, Nova Scotia. Or a certain province in China. <laughs> you know, that the, the chances of somebody being able to do that for you is going to be very slim. It doesn't mean it's never going to happen. It just means you, you, you have to accept that it may be a while before your book gets auditioned for. We have a question? There are a few, the best, well, it's the best place to hear specific accents is IDEA, which is International Dialects of English, was it International Dialects of English A, A, no, A stands for something, A. Uh, something like that. Just look for IDEA, International Dialects of English. It's, it's a compilation storehouse basically and you go in there and it's like okay european accents american accents whatever you can click and they're they've got one two different pieces of text that they use and they've just handed it to native speakers and had them read it so you can hear it and usually for each given area they'll tell okay this is a 60 year old woman who grew up here and here's a 30 year old guy who's been college educated and and so you can hear the dialect as done in a variety of accents a variety of people um, but with the same text so that you get a feel for it. it it's a great great resource but it's not the be-all and end-all and it's not really going to teach you anything you can learn from it and that's the difference if, if you can mimic an accent you can learn from it that way. That's where I got... I didn't get my accents from there, but that's where I learned to do most of the accents I can do as I mimic them. I yeah. couldn't read a language other than English for the most part to save my life, however. <laughs> I can read Spanish. That's about it. I can read small portions of text to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. But I had to do some Latin the other day that I went, uh-huh, okay, and then I had to do Cajun. That was harder. Oh. French Cajun. I... I she told me it was right. <laughs> it was guesswork, believe me. I actually I actually had contacted through actors I knew in England to get somebody to record a, three lines in Gaelic that I had to do in one piece. And it's like, oh boy. <laughs> Gaelic is hard. She's not wrong. Well, and I had to do it in a, I had to do Gaelic in a New England accent. <laughs> that was real fun. Uh, Lovecraft. But anyway. <laughs> I was in that. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> We've done way too much stuff. Anyway, Us? um, so, I mean, it's, a lot of times writers are going to prefer to have no accents, no voices. I mean, you know, some, some authors really just want a straight reading. It just depends on what you're going to get. And this is where that first 15 minutes comes in is like, okay, do you want do you want accents and, and, you know, enthusiasm and, and whatever, or do you want a straight reading that's going to be very calm and that's going to do the words exactly as they are on the page rather than trying to interpret them? You just explained why I don't get as many jobs as you do. Why? Because I don't do anything without the enthusiasm and the uh, <laughs> voices and making them sound different than each other. I just, I'm an actor. I, that's what I do. So my just giving a straight welcome to Geek Girl Con, please be aware that member, you know, I can't even do it now. <laughs> I can't do it. So the ones I get have heard that I, this is how I speak and that's what they want. Oh yeah. I think um, that's what Well, that's one of the advantages of the short story. I can do that for a while, but it's hard. 
the the hardest thing. Oh, yes. Uh huh. You ask someone else to read it. <laughs> <laughs> that that often is what you need to do. Um, yeah, everybody writes stuff that they feel weird coming out their mouth, whether it's whether it's romance, whether it's violence, whether it's bad guys who say things that you wouldn't say. I mean, you know, it's we all do that from time to time. We write something that we're like, oh gosh, that character would say that word, but I really can't. But that's where that's where getting a reader in helps. Um, there's there's ways to get past that. It's a little tricky. Um, the first thing is just read it 50 times and it won't mean anything to you anymore. Yeah, I mean, that might work. If, if you say that phrase, whatever, or that piece of the story or whatever enough times, it, it'll just be sounds. Gibberish. Really. I mean, that's, that's one way to get past things. The, the problem that I have in a similar but different way when I'm reading is if I hit something that's really touching, that we're like, ooh. You know, and then suddenly I'm like, uh, and and she came home, home at last. And it doesn't sound right. You can't do that. <laughs> and I've tried so many ways to get past that. Sometimes it's just repeating it until I don't feel that anymore. And sometimes one time I had, because I was a long stretch I had to get through, I put music on my headphones so that the music was like just, it was, so that it was actually, I had to focus really hard to even speak. <laughs> and it just took the dynamic right out of it. It didn't work very sense. well, but at least it was an attempt and it, it, it cleared it up so I could do it the next time. But it's, it's, it's awkward. There's always awkward things for readers. You know, sometimes you're just hitting some words and you're like, okay, once through. <laughs> Deep breath, take the plunge. <laughs> you know, sometimes there's, there's, uh, anyway. I like the triggery, I read a book a while back for, um, it was for this month, for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so the, in this book, there was um, date rape and how you deal with the effects of that in relationships. Unfortunately, the reason I chose to do it is because I wanted to help other people like myself. Getting through the triggery moments were very hard for me, and I have found that I probably shouldn't do it again. But I did get through, and I got through it by, A, reading it a few different times, and remembering, hoping I will be helping someone else with this. So it depends on your reason for reading whatever it is that's hard for you to get through also, as long as you find a reason to get through it. And really, I mean, that's one of the great things about doing uh you know, working with independent authors is you are going to come across all different things because, you know, sometimes, you know, people write really violent fight scenes and you're going to have to get through it. Or sometimes they write, and that's, you know, one of those things that might come up that you didn't know because of the audition script didn't cover it. But usually they should tell you what you should be able to do. There's, there's usually something that says you have to be able to, you know, deal with, fight scenes or something. I don't know what all, but you know, different things and, um, give you some kind of clue because, and as a writer, it really helps if you're planning on doing this to go in there and to give a list of things that might be questionable because the last thing you want to do is get your heart set on one reader and then have them back out because they hit something that they couldn't deal with. You know, you might as well wait till you find the person. Um, as a reader, one one trick that I found that has stood me in good stead for the most part is if you go to ACX and you pick your genre that you want to work in and, and there's like, you know, 15 pages of auditions posted, go to the back, go to the last pages and work your way forward. Cause those are the people who posted the audition a year ago. They're desperate. <laughs> See, I didn't do that. And <laughs> I just went for look. What some of them have given up, and, they, and you'll never hear back from them. Some of them have actually given up at this point. But yeah, but for the most part, those are the ones who are going to be just tickled to get an audition at this point. And and that might be a good way to start. It's it's unfortunate that you know some things are just not going to find a match 
Um, and some of it's still really good stuff. It's not just the dregs that you think would. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. That's that's that sounded terrible. Don't that's do that. mean. No, there there is a the 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 great thing about indie publishing and the accessibility of indie publishing these days. I mean, the ability for any single person to just make their own Kindle book and put it on Amazon and sell it is that anybody's writing can be available for sale. And the terrible thing about indie publishing is that, is anybody. that anybody's writing can be available <laughs> for sale. <laughs> and, and there are people who are earnestly doing the best they can and really need an editor, and there are people who are just churning out crap because they, they think they can make a buck. You know. They learn pretty quickly they can't, actually. Eh, some, some of them. them. <laughs> some of them still can. So, you know, it's, 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 it's the thing is that you never know quite what you're going to get, like a box of chocolates. I can't believe it. What? You went there. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not cliches enough. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> And that is a tricky one, especially when you're dealing... Well, it, it's easier if you're dealing with something like space, where you can work with, oh, I could have a Russian and a, and a Japanese person and, a, and an African-American and a, and a Spock. And, and a, whoops. <laughs> is that an accent, really? <laughs> Somebody teach me the Spock accent. That's illogical. Oh, well, <laughs> you put way too much sex into that. Oh, sorry, people may be under 18. I apologize now. So, but no, one of the things now, I like I said, I work primarily in short stories, but I have encountered several where I've had 10 or 12 characters, even in a very short span. They may only have one or two lines, but I mean, I had one recently where I literally had to make a list. I made a list of all the characters. And, and the sad part was, it's like all dudes. So I'm like, I got to come up with 10 dude lines, dude voices. <sighs> so okay you know okay i'm not gonna and they all have to be american so that cuts down on, on that uh, you know but that's the thing is you know make a list make a notes um if if you're dealing with something on a really huge scale it doesn't hurt to pick characters that you're trying to make them sound like something it's like if i say okay bob's gonna sound like sheldon cooper okay good and so-and-so is going to, because it's not going to sound like Sheldon Cooper. It's coming out of my throat. So it's going to sound like my imagination. It's imagine, not going to, no, you don't sound like Sheldon. But it gives me an instant cue as to what speech patterns I'm emulating for that character. You know, and so-and-so is going to sound like Spock. And so-and-so is going to sound like Whoopi Goldberg. Okay. You know, and I mean, you know, somebody, pick somebody with a speech pattern that you can really work with. And that gives you a cue so that when you come back to that character, even if it's six chapters later, you're like, oh, okay, okay, that's Sheldon Cooper. Okay, I know exactly where I'm going with that. Okay. And, yeah. I will let you stop talking. I, I'm done. <laughs> For the moment. I've never really done. Go ahead. <laughs> I've got a few. I give one. We'll, 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 we'll just go back and forth for a little while. Oh, dear. Sure, now make me think of just one. Oh, you want me to do one? You do one first, and then I'll do it. Oh, I don't know about odd and obscure. There, there's so many, but I I, I, uh, I recently had to do a, a guy who turned out to be an alien, but he was supposed to be an exchange student, and I didn't want to give him a specific Earth accent precisely, but he had to be exotic sounding. So I was trying to go something between Nigerian and India, and I was, I was giving him this very stilted speech pattern, and, and <laughs> it was really, really entertaining. The, the author thought it was really cute. I'm not as exciting as you are. Um, I've had a character who had multiple personalities, and each personality had a different voice, extremely. So she would be... She'd sound Russian at first. She sounds Russian and very dangerous, and, you know, she's going to kill you with ice pick. And then she'd talk about going around the world, Mary Sue and a bottle of shine. And then she'd be just regular, you know, from Idaho. But, you know, then she'd be from England, and she'd want to make sure you knew that she was from the south part of England and not the north, because, well, the north, they're not quite as classy as we are. And sometimes I had to go around like that in the same line. <laughs> 
she has now stuck back, I think, firmly in Russian, but she was American to start with, so I don't know what they're doing with her now. <laughs> that's an actual character rather than from a book. That's one I do for an audio drama. Uh, one of my favorites from one of my audio dramas, and I'll, I'll use the clean joke. I would if I was you. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> oh, we have ten minutes. Um, is an old woman in a hospital, and death shows up. And, and, but, well, this man shows up in the middle of the night and he's like, I think you've been expecting me. And she goes, right, middle of the night, hospital room, you must be the stripper. Where's your music? (laughs) (laughs) You know, so as you can tell, we really, really have a lot of fun with this stuff. That's one reason we do a lot of the audio dramas, because we can really get into character, but Reading is a different challenge, and it's it's a it's a the narrative part's the different challenge for us. Well, it's also you know keeping straight all these characters you know back and forth, and that's awfully fun. Um, I it's it's still something that we take as a very professional thing when we're doing yeah. something professional, and you know the, there's deadlines to be met. Boy, is that fun! Though if you miss one, they just send you a little note that says you missed your deadline. Oh, really? Maybe I'll start missing them. I did it on purpose to find out what they did. I had arranged with the author that it was okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) Actually, she she was like, she was like, oh, I don't know what deadline to set here. And I'm like, um, well, you know, like a little bit more time than that. But you know what? Let's just find out what happens. (laughs) She's like, I don't care when you get it done. Just finish it when you finish it. And I'm like, okay. It's like we've worked together enough that she knows that that's okay. And I decided I wanted to find out what was going to happen so that I knew if there was a real penalty or not. And I could tell other people. I mean, that's part of what I'm doing. Yeah, part of what I've been doing with this whole thing is I have several friends who I've been telling about it and I'm keeping them posted on how it works. And because there's stuff that no matter how many times you go through their labyrinthine fact, you can't find the information. And one of the things was, for instance, you know, important stuff like when we get paid. And I can answer that. Yeah, finally I figured it out. I found out the the information. But yes, if you want to, because that's always a good part of you, you know. Give, once your book is for sale and it starts selling, you get paid. If you're getting a royalty share, you get paid every month. They do say that if you made less than fifty dollars during a current month, that you don't get paid that month. However, I've gotten checks of $7.98. Oh. So I think they're lying. But that's just, you know, a guess on my part. They're probably reserving the right. I think that's what yeah. it is. But I've gotten paid every month starting, I think my first my first novel went, or, yeah, novel went out last November, my audiobook, and I got my first check in January for November and then February for December, and it goes on like that. Because they told me you get paid a month after the month closes. Yeah. Okay. Basically two months. Yeah. So, um, we had a question. Yeah, um, so when you're talking about the, uh, profits that you mm-hmm. does that mean that's the part you market with them, or Yes, well, this is where, this is what we're going to, to wrap up with, I, and I, we've been putting it off till late, so showed us the 10 minutes. Because we both um, suck at it. Because we both <laughs> suck at it. We're working on it. Marketing is a category all of its own, but yes, one of the incentives that they actually give you through ACX, Audible, and Amazon to, to market is that if you can, if if somebody signs up to Audible and one of the first three things they buy is one of your books, you get like a bounty or part of a bounty on yeah. it, and because they're assuming they're they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt and assume that you sent somebody there. Um, it's twenty five dollars, but I'm not sure if that's split between the art the it's author. It's split and between the... the author and the because okay. I've gotten several bounties and you get twelve something. Ah, but yeah, and so I mean, the the more you can create a following and get people to come back and, and buy more of your stuff. And it is possible. There are people who really like certain readers in the grand professional world of audio drama. I mean, how many people, how many people here do listen to, I mean, audio books on, on a, on a grand scale. Okay. Do you know who Barbara Rosenblatt is? Yeah. Do you know who Frank Muller is? Was? Was. And you know, okay. Well, anyway, um, I mean, what? Yeah. Yeah. And th- there's just some readers that people are like, oh, I'll listen to anything they, they recorded. It's like, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's famous people who are, I mean, who were previously famous before being audiobook famous. Like, um, I 
only like the Parker novels if they're read by Burt Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Mantegna can bite me. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> but, um, so it's, 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 it's these sort of things. So there's, there's so many Spencer novels by Parker, my bad. Back to the question. Back to the question. I do Twitter. I do Twitter. I do Facebook. I have a Facebook that I don't run that's dedicated to me, you know, from my professional life, which is still under Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard. I figure you're not going to find another one, so I use my actual name for everything. <laughs> and I, you know, for for my audio dramas, I do a certain amount of crossover with, like, the novel that I'm producing, the audio books I'm doing on ACX, I actually do under a, a reader name. And, but under that name, I have a Twitter account and stuff like that. And I'm trying to, to start to build on that. And it's, it's you know, it, 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 that is always the hardest part is the marketing, but it is vital because unless you got, unless you auditioned for and got Stephen 50 King. shades of gray, you know, <laughs> and can stand. I was going to say, it. that's the coolest thing you could think of. No, that's the thing that went viral without any effort oh. that I could think of. <laughs> Unless you get something like that, then then the marketing isn't going to magically happen. And, I mean, if you're lucky, you hook up with writers who already have a following, and then you can write on that somewhat, at least to start with. And that way you've got a, a kind of a guaranteed sale base going. But... You know, if they're really, really good, I mean, that's that's these mid-range writers. You get up into those, the really, really well-known writers, and they're going to be professionally produced. So it's like it's like your best bet is to catch some people on their way up. <laughs> but then also to be on your way up yourself and help them. Because that's another thing is, is, you know, if you're working with writers, cross-promote. Tell people how wonderful they are. Or don't tell them how bad they are, because that's... That's what I was going to say. Yeah, because if something's just really bad, then don't talk about it. It's really better to not appear to be that person, and it'll come back to you. Is that a good note to stop on? Do we have Unless any... Unless there's any other questions. Last second. We can also... I think we're both happy to sit out in one of the cushy chairs and, and answer any questions if people want to come to us. Oh, yeah, I have I'll some flyers, um, and, and we're both... You know, if you're if you're interested in being a reader at all, you know, or if you're looking for help finding a reader, you know, outside of, of I mean, in a non-professional way, con talk to us or get our contact information and talk to us after the convention. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.